Hey guys, this is Kurt. And Logan. And we're here to talk about Battle Bards. I thought we were here to talk about how you're a terrible father. Pimping out your son. What? 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 Nothing. <laughs> okay. No, Battle Bards is great fantasy audio. I want to know that. <laughs> what? I want to know that. I am five. What's being five have to do with anything? I'm five. Only things I care about are cartoons, balloons, Star Wars, Candy, opals, whales, dogs, Pokemon, video games, fireflies. Do you even know what those are? Existentialist paintings. How do you even know how to say that? The sound of forts, <laughs> ninjas, and electronics. Okay, that's a lot to process. Farts? Really? Oh, but check this out. Lord Ardok is a wooden fortique symbolo bida octo mon farste out with. Monkasabu Haudon Fuchi Tangali Asparos. Ooh, scary. <laughs> and this Ooh, impressive. You can't deny this though. No alna o lapireta ikavino ilasa zorge. Okay, that's very cool. Okay, Logan, so how much would you pay for that awesome audio? 13.2 pesos? There's no such thing as 0.2 pesos. 1,500 yen? 500 pinks? Republic credits. That's not even real, that's Star Wars, Logan. Well, let me tell you. You go to BattleBars.com, you sign up for an account, and not only do you get that premium auto, but you can get a little something from us also. With the 10 and $25 packages, you get one free track with MFGCast1 as your coupon code. Buy a $50 or $100 package and get five free tracks with the code MFGCast2. That's a half of an album for free just for using that coupon code. Could it be any easier? Buy the $150 and $300 packages. Not only do you get most of Battle Bards fantasy audio, soundscapes, music, sound effects, etc., but you also get 10 free tracks with coupon code MFGCast3. A full album for free for using a coupon code from us. You're welcome. I'll just buy that great audio right now. Wait, but you have to you have to ask your parents permission before you buy. This is the MFG cast. Hey, what's up, everyone, and welcome back to the first leading board game podcast in all of Scandinavia, the MFG Cast. Now, you might notice that this is a different voice. Kurt made the mistake of buying board games online at my house on my Wi-Fi. I simply hacked his identity, took everything he ever had, and welcome to my new show. But to show that I'm not a complete asshole, 
Welcome the very first guest of the new regiment of the MFG cast. Kurt, how are you doing? <laughs> Where am I? What's going on here? I don't like this already. As you can tell, the back of our van is very good for recording. It has nice acoustics. Everything is going to be fine. You'll see your family sooner or later. Oh, damn it. <laughs> see, when you told me you wanted me to take the driver's seat, I took it quite literally. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just take this ball gag out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fact that he can still talk when he has a ball gag on him. You know, this is bad. <laughs> you boys ever been to Mexico? <laughs> so, Kurt asked if we can come up with a little something for this one and got a cool idea. I know you've been doing a lot more RPGs lately, Kurt. You've been, like, you know, having more adventures. You've got your family into the RPG scene, which is pretty awesome. Like, uh... I'm sure that if you, you post all, like you know these exploits on the uh, online Facebook groups and everything, people are like, oh, you're so freaking lucky, that son of a bitch. I wish my kids would play RPGs. You know, it's nice to see that uh, kid, you know, got a kid doing something besides just Pokemon Go. You know? <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> Which uh, I believe that three weeks ago, everyone said would be gone right now. So there goes that theory, naysayers. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But we decided to take a look at some of the board games that give those awesome stories, too. Because, uh, now, I mean, I'm, I'm all for the dry Euro. I like a game where, you know, like Kalis, uh, the most soulless of all cube pushers. <laughs> Lords of Waterdeep. Nothing quite like, uh, yeah, I go to that thief thing. Give me two black cubes. <laughs> Sometimes the story, you know, the story is a little skimpy, but I think we picked out some pretty good titles to help really give a good narrative. But before we tackle all that, Kurt, what have you been playing before your abduction? <laughs> Well, before I was so rudely pulled from my family, um, we've been playing quite a bit lately. It's actually been cool. We've actually been getting Logan into some games where most kids his age wouldn't be able to play it, but we are just kind of holding his hand, uh, having him play. And we actually played CV and Valeria Card Kingdoms with him. Games that say on the box that they should be for at least 12 or 13-year-olds or older, we're we're are pushing our six-year-old through mm -hmm. and uh, he really likes it. I think, you know, part of the part of the fact that is in both of them, they have dice. So a lot, lot, lots of kids, you know, love the dice thing. And also World's Fair. He's been playing World's Fair 1893. I think that's, I can never remember the year. I think it's 1893. I'll probably be wrong. You'll probably, everyone will probably be yelling at me right now. But <laughs> I wanted to talk just really quickly about uh, Valeria Card Kingdoms. This game is awesome. You guys should buy it. It's amazing. It's uh, Daily Magic Games. It's basically just a resource management game with cards. You're basically, you're either buying citizens to help you defeat the um, bad guys. It's a kind of a, it's a fantasy game. So you're just, you're rolling dice and the numbers on your dice, you get two dice, two six-siders, and you're scoring on your, on both of your dice as single numbers, like a two and a three, but you're also scoring them together like a five. And then what you're using those for is, depending upon what you roll, you get certain resources. Well, the resources here are fight, gold coins, and magic. And magic are kind of like a wild card, so you can use those for anything. As long as you have one of the, of the gold or the fight, you can use magic for whatever you want. And um, also, not only scoring on your cards for resources, when other people roll, you actually score on their rolls, which I think is awesome. So you, you know, so um, you usually get about, I think it's, is it six, five or six rows of things to beat, and you usually get about five cards to beat, 
And as you pr progressively get deeper into these people, they get harder, but also you get rewards for beating them. So you'll get gold, gold plus magic. Some of them have special cards, like you can get us, the, the guys that help you out are called citizens. So sometimes you can get, it'll say like, you can get a citizen that costs two or, or equal to two or, or lower. The, another caveat as far as buying the citizens go is each time you buy an, another citizen of that kind, you have to pay one more for that. But also you have what's called domains at the bottom. And you can buy those too, and those give you special abilities and stuff like too, like that too. Like one of them, uh, Logan really liked is uh, you don't have to pay that extra one gold every time you buy a certain uh, person, to, citizen to help you out. So this game is just super fun. It's not that expensive. They already have a couple of uh, expansions for that. They're coming out with another one. Uh, we haven't played the expansions yet, but I'm really excited to get into that. And then before I ramble on too much longer, uh, we played Medieval Academy by Yellow Games again, some Dice City, um, some Titan Race by uh, Fun Forge, Dice City again. Did I say that already? I don't know. And then uh, we played uh, Problem Picnic Attack of the Ants, which is coming uh, coming to Kickstarter September 27th through Kids Table, and that was a lot of fun. So lots of games to play. Nice. I just want to comment on uh, Valeria Card Kingdom. Mm hmm. I've noticed that uh, if you're a fan of Maki Kuro, this would be a really good game for you. Mm hmm. Because it's almost the same concept. The only difference is it's almost like an adventure Maki Kuro. Yeah. You're not attacking other players, you're attacking villains and scoring points. And mm -hmm. every card is a blue card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's it's super fun. Like Tracy played it with her gaming group, which is a little gaming group she gets together after work. And she came home and she's like, I have to get this. And I'm like, I'm not going to tell you no, you know. <laughs> and so, so as soon as she, uh, I had I had heard about it, but I never played it. And then when she finally brought it home, before I even opened up the box, I'm like, I'm in. Let's play this. <laughs> and I've loved it ever since. So. Did you find that at the end of the game, you each had piles and piles and piles of resources in front of you? No, actually. Really? No. The, the, probably the opposite, actually. We did more of, you know, getting rid of those, you know, because a lot of our, you know, because another thing that I didn't mention is that you get a duke or a duchess and they get you special points in the end. Well, a lot of times the ones that I got were, you know, I scored more points with like one of them was like every monster is worth two points, you know, so I'm like, I'm going for that, you know, even though. It, you know, it would probably be a good idea to just keep collecting resources, you know, because a lot of them are like every three you get a point. But well, it's also like because um, like those dukes, it'll be like for every uh, faith hero, you get two victory points or for every rogue hero, you get a victory point or whatever. Mm -hmm. So what we notice is everyone keeps trying to buy the heroes that match up to their lord. Mm -hmm. So they're inadvertently making a fortune because it's like, oh, well, I got four alchemists. So I guess I'm just going to get 12 gold now. And like. You know, unlike the blacksmith, there was one game, um, somebody had like five blacksmiths. And, you know, somebody rolled that 11. He's like, cool, I'm getting 20 gold. Yeah. And then he had like five kingdoms and he rolls and he's like, cool, now I'm going to get like 30 gold. And we we're like, oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Like, we, <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's, a, that's one thing I like in that game too, that the, it's not just like when a cool pro um, t province comes up, you can just be like, oh, I'm buying that. You have to have the classes required to like control that province yes yeah and uh my favorite one is the one where you can cheat your dice numbers like you can uh like change a die oh yeah change it one less or whatever yeah but for every faith hero you have you have to pay a coin it's kind of like 
You have oh. to pay hush money to the church. So <laughs> yeah. And I was like, wow, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I like the game that punishes you for like, you know, it's like, oh, you want to do some scummy stuff? Well, you know, <laughs> maybe yeah. you should have gotten five paladins before you did that, buddy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that game is pretty awesome. And I was actually thinking about it with Extra Life coming around the corner. Uh, once again, we'll, when we unify forces, which I'm sure mm-hmm. we're going to do this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, on an aside, I was thinking I would love it if we t- join up, if we become a subsection to flip the table, because they're trying to break 10k this year. Oh, jeez. Holy smokes. Yeah. we Combined, we did like 1,200 last year, so I think we would be a, a pretty dominating force to help them out. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Awesome. So, so for what it's worth, if we uh, we get some online donors, every 10 bucks, I'll put a name in for a raffle, I will be willing to mail out my copy of Valeria, because we have a few amongst our game group. Nice. So, Kurt loves it, I love it, you can love it too! Uh, yeah, no <laughs> and, kidding. Uh, and I'm just going to leave it to Kurt to put all the details on the MFG cast group on Facebook. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> awesome, more work to do! Yeah. Ah. Well, I get to help with the show, he has yet to trust me with those passwords, but since I stole his laptop, I'm sure I'll hack into them sooner. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you strike me as the remember this password kind of guy. <laughs> It's only the password for everything I have, because <laughs> I am 80. Password, I like dogs. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Game player 23. Thank you. <laughs> so we actually got invited to a local con recently called WGGCon from the Westchester Gaming Group. It's their eighth or ninth one so far, and this thing was pretty awesome. They actually had it at a campground. And in the rec center, they had tables and events going on. There was a Codenames tournament where George helped me lose in the first round, which was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) On a quick aside, if the word was platypus and I gave you the clue, Bill won, would you get it? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Well, George couldn't, so (laughs) mistakes were made. But they had that. There was a uh, geek trivia thing where it was based on Catan and the different resources were the categories so like stone became movies and uh, film like wheat was books sheep was uh, video games and all stuff like that it's very awesome we had a great time with that they also had a board game auction where I actually got rid of 12 of my other older board games and then I came home with 11 new board games. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So it was more of a math trade of Total Strangers as opposed to a real auction. But I picked up Dice City 2 because I know you said great things about it. Mm-hmm. And that game is, I mean, it's paid off in spades. I got it for 10 bucks. Oh, nice. Yeah, which is a steal. And yeah, for sure. Already like five plays of it. That thing is awesome. Yeah. Um, I do like that it's a town building concept where you can attack other players mm-hmm. and that there's multiple end conditions. Mm-hmm. That is super awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We actually had the, uh, we actually, when we replayed it, um, I think I talked about this last time we talked about Dice City, we didn't do any of the attacking. Well, this time I played with my wife and I did all of the attacking. <laughs> I think she still ended up beating me, but it was kind of fun to see that concept and see where it would go and stuff like that. Where I'd be like, "Oh, you think you're gonna, you know, you're gonna take anything on the board and just and, and you know use that use your dice for that?" Well, guess what? I'm closing it off for now, you know, and see where it goes and stuff like that. So that was fun to do that. I'm dying to know if the expansions just like enhance it, add to it, or if it starts getting diluted. Like, I'm wondering if you choo- yeah. you pick and choose what goes into, you know, your game stack. Mm-hmm. 
Because that could be kind of interesting too. Like that could actually give a lot of replay if that's how it works. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yes. Uh, yes. I was wondering if uh, we could also tell them what we've been playing recently, especially at the uh, con. Yeah. One of the things that I actually really enjoyed. Uh, it's a little kiddish, but at the same time, the gameplay. It was actually like you know, it was pretty decent. So, it's called The Little Prince Rising to the Stars. Okay. It's a board game. We found it on a shelf. And I've seen the movie on Netflix. And I saw the back of the box. I was like, okay, this is nice. So, I begged Dan if we can play it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, it, was actually, it was actually pretty decent. Um, you have uh, the board you can make. You can make it either like curve or wavy. And you see, like, there's clouds on it. And what you do is you move on the clouds trying to get to the final uh, little the little princess planet. Nice. And there you can acquire more victory points. Um, and the way you move is actually they give you these cool little cards that have numbers on them. Mm -hmm. So you play those cards into move, but you can't get those cards back. So it's oh. very limited. Yeah. So what you have to do is you have to get these... They call them grandfather cards because in the movie, uh, the little girl meets like this like uh, old guy, mm -hmm. and they kind of bond. So I think that's where they got the grandfather part from. But um, and those certain ones have special abilities, so uh, you can uh, you also play those to move. And as you're going through, you can also get these story card uh, story tokens, mm -hmm. and on them they have. Um, victory points also but what's cool is if you get one that has a fox on it and then you get one that has a prince on it together they give you eight points because if you have them together they give you six and then plus a point each yeah they're only one point each so if you don't get wow. the other half you're like Ooh. <laughs> yeah and nice it's actually it's pretty fun it's simple but even though like it's obviously you know a little a little kid's game but the gameplay is actually pretty, pretty decent, and we had a blast playing it. Yeah, nice. I'm actually going to say this is probably a great one for you and the family, because, uh, first of all, little plain meeples. Very cool. Yeah. Nice. But the game has actually, like, shockingly unique elements to it. Like, mm -hmm. for starters, uh, the active player is always, always whoever's in last place. Like patchwork. Nice. Yeah, so you're not going around the table. It's like whoever's in last. And then, like, landing on another player... You steal a card from their hand, but then you have to give them one from your hand. Hmm. So, like, you know, um, so the cards are limited. Like, you only have one one, a couple of twos, a couple of threes, two fours, and only one five. Oh, wow. So, if somebody jumps ahead of you, you might land on them, take like, take a look at their cards. You might pull that one and go, yeah, I actually want this one more than my four, because it'll allow me to land on this to get these cards. Like, for a game that's for six and up, it actually has a shocking amount of strategy for something mm -hmm. so simple. And what's really cool is the game board is double-sided. And each side, they're not even lined up. It's not like, the, you know, the same number of spaces on each side. Mm -hmm. So you can actually modify the game a bit. Nice. And the tiles that Kim was mentioning for the bonus victory points, there's some that are face up and some that are face down. So, like, this can help, like, teach your kids, like, risk versus reward in, like, mm -hmm. games, like, of this nature. Mm -hmm. Um I mean, it's almost like a great, you know, like, like Euro intro because it's like they're choosing their cards that are unrecoverable. Nice. So 
again, it's it's weird that it's like for kids and all this stuff, but it looks great. And it actually is like, it looks like it was made by somebody that was like a, a gamer. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I want to do something really cool for like, you know, for my kid and made this awesome game. I, I was actually knowing nothing of the IP. When Kim was like, can we play it? I'm like, sure. Cause I know I'm going to expose you to some awful euros today. So, <laughs> and I was actually really happy with it at the end. Nice. And what's also cool is, um, certain clouds, they have certain, uh, symbols. One of the symbols, if you land on a telescope, there are telescope chits that are face down and you pick one at random. It could either give you stars, it could tell you to take stars from other players, or it actually deducts stars. Nice. So you basically have to get rid of like either two, uh, one or two stars. And Kim got mm-hmm. nothing but the negative. I got all play. negatives. <laughs> Every great. time I kept landing on, I got it. I was nice. like, yeah, I don't want to land on this anymore. I think it was the only time that multiple f bombs were dropped while playing the Little Prince. <laughs> 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 Same little game, yeah, exactly. And, yeah, uh, I, uh, I've gotten to the point now where, it, and I think that you know when you guys talk about that kind of stuff, where. I'm I'm trying I try I'm trying my hardest nowadays not try to not trying to you know to give to give a game a chance you know but like you guys said with that game you know it's you just never know with that kind of stuff you know we just I just interviewed uh, Helena and Josh Capel from uh, Kids Table that's doing that problem picnic Kickstarter that Scott Alms did and um, their thing is they want to make a ki- make kids games but they also want to make it where adults want to play it too. You know, so with their Food Fighters game and then coming up with this prom picnic game, you know, like there's a lot more to it than just, oh, hey, we just do this and we just do that. Like there's a little bit more for everybody to play. And, you know, it's not a, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are going to write those kind of games off because maybe they don't like kids games technically, even though they're trying to make them for both. But, you know, I'm trying to get to that point now where like, Okay, well, I see this game. It might suck, but hey, let's try it anyway and just give it a chance. That and that's like, I mean, that's why I always say to check out like gaming groups or go to like the local gamer store or whatever, because mm-hmm. you might just jump into something and be shocked with how good it is. Mm-hmm. Speaking, of, well, one other game we got to play when we were at WGGCon is something that I have on pre-order, and I'm losing my goddamn mind for cool stuff to finally get it in stock. New Bedford. Nice. I don't know if you heard of that one from Dice Hate Me Games. I have. I've not played it. Stellar. Really? Um, the game well, tell me, tell me about it. I don't know exactly what it's about, so tell me about it. All right. So for starters, the game is only 12 rounds, right? So you're mm-hmm. on a ticking clock always, and you only get two workers for the entire game. Nothing ups your number. Mm-hmm. So it's more about a strategic choice as opposed to somebody just getting like player advantage or worker advantage early in the game. Cool. It starts out with a simple town in New Bedford where there's just a few action spaces. Like, take, for example, uh, getting lumber. Mm-hmm. You go there, you get two lumber. But if you're the first one there, you get a bonus piece. Um, same thing with, like, uh, a supply store where it's, like, you get a brick when you go there. But if, you go, if you're the first one there, you get a brick and a resource of your choice. Things like mm-hmm. that. You can also, like, acquire other buildings with these resources. When you acquire a building, anyone besides you that uses it has to pay you a coin. And the buildings are only good for one shot in those cases because it's only first one here gets this. Wow. Right? And the concept of the game is you're trying to get these resources to send out boats for whaling. Now, a lot of people like kind of were like touchy-feely about the subject at times because they're like, you know, like that's a really horrible thing that people have done. It still goes on. It's a, you know, it's a cruel barbarian act and everything. 
And granted, all that is true. It's also a facet of a time where you know this this has ha happened and has you know is happening, and it's not glorifying it. It's not like murder the whales and you're the best player. It's like mm. you're trying to bring these things back to your town Jeez. to process, you know, because you need the oils and like you know and stuff like that. And the way it works is the game actually shows you uh, the eroding effect of whaling and its nice. mechanics. Because when you go out for whaling, you pull out the tiles, and when you get the whale tiles, you can put them on your boat. If you pull out deep water tiles, which are worth nothing, they go back in the bag. Whales never go back in the bag. So as people are out there whaling, the water is getting thinner and thinner on the population. Nice. So, you know, and, and it's one of those things, like, uh, you know, you got you to gotta move fast if you want to get in on that. Like, you can try to win by other means. But the whaling is like the most efficient method. Yeah. But I mean, you know, if you're like, oh man, I really don't want to go whaling. Well, you can always give the challenge of yourself of trying to win through the town method and money. Mm -hmm. You know, it's possible. Like you can actually be like, I'm not going to whale in this whaling game. Mm -hmm. Kim did. And uh, she caused some mayhem with it. Like she, all of her points were through whaling. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. I did a little mix strategy, like a little bit of whaling, a little town. One guy was just going buck wild with the town. <laughs> he had like nine buildings in front of him at the end of the game. He's like, Aah! and we're like, Jesus Christ. You know, like, he was like the Montgomery Burns of this place and something like that. <laughs> nice. Well, like with the whaling, you when you go out to to uh, find whales, um, I liked it because you don't know really what you're going to get. Mm -hmm. And it's a gra like a grab bag. So when you go out whaling, um, you pick out tokens from there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it could be like uh, I think the sperm whale is the the rarest, mm -hmm. so it costs more points. Um, and then like there's two other ones that don't is, are don't cost as much. Yeah, there's like there's three different types, and the whole thing is when your boat comes back, you have to pay to process, and if you can't, you sell them at half price, but other players can now scoop them up from the market. Mm, nice. So if you like you have to play well. You can't just go like, oh, well, I'll just get everything. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, you might be getting a few extra bucks, but you might be handing another player all the points. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of strategy, and it's just it was an absolute blast to play. Nice. Like, so it's actually so it actually looks like they're, you know, and they're not just they're not just putting the theme on this box. They're actually getting you into that theme to basically make you learn about what would happen on a typical you know, in a typical town that would do that. Yeah. And and the other thing is, even like when you buy the additional buildings to build up the town, what's great is the town starts as just like a little more or less like diamond shaped board in the middle. Every time you build a building, you put the tile down facing towards you off of the main town. Mm -hmm. So you actually see the town being built up like as you're placing these tiles, which is just an awesome idea. Nice. You know, it's like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, damn, I was like, I kind of want to do that with Lords of Waterdeep now. <laughs> like, make a sideboard for just when players make buildings. Mm -hmm. You know, or maybe if I can, you know, if I can somehow do it, like, uh, take a photo of that board and change it where as you build buildings, they'll be growing off of areas or something. Because mm -hmm. it was such an awesome idea. I was like, I want this in every game that has buildings now. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure there will be there will be more now that you know that if that gets well received as much you know yeah and what's nice too is it's a it's a relatively small compact box it's like the same size as compound okay so you know it's it's not like a giant bulky thing but the amount of game in that box is you know it's like yeah. like a box ten times its size you know. <laughs> <laughs>
Also, uh, so one last one um, that I wanted to talk about, and this will be quick because I don't really remember fully how to uh, play it, but we play this game called Red November. Okay. And what it is is uh, you're in a submarine and just bad stuff is just happening to you. Mm -hmm. like you get an event deck and that'll tell you what happens. Like It could either be uh, fires that... Uh, happen in like certain rooms mm -hmm. or it could be like a flood like the room it gets flooded mm -hmm. or uh, there's a kraken that attacks the ship uh, so it's a cooperative game and you guys gotta like try to like you know um, if as stuff is happening you gotta try to put out the fires you gotta try to you know uh, release the water from the uh, from the rooms you gotta fight the kraken but at the same time um there's certain things where this one's I'm a little foggy on, but there's a, a drinking aspect <laughs> where you can drink to make your actions better. Yeah, it's basically like uh, it's like drunken gnomes running the submarine, so they can nice. drink like crod or whatever it's called. <laughs> we just, we just what did we kept calling it? I think we called it like you know like uh, give me a Red Bull, and the guys like yeah. that's not what they're called. And we're like whatever, give me one of the Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You should have just made it different every time. You should have been like, give me some Smirnoff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, uh, so if like enough fire accumulates or uh, flooding happens, uh, there's like these tracks up above where if enough bad stuff happens, we end up just losing the game. Mm -hmm. So um, around the board, you notice that instead of like um, a victory point tracker, Mm -hmm. it's actually a timed thing. Mm -hmm. So you move with time. So if you want to move from one room to another, it's usually like a minute or mm -hmm. so. Like, they get yeah. these minutes. So, like, if you want to do, like, to, to, uh, to a room that's, like, two spaces away, you count two times. And then uh, certain spaces, you'll have to draw an event card, and that'll, like, you know, that'll have either bad stuff happening or nothing happens. But along the way, you also get, like, uh, items that could help, like, add ads to uh, your dice rolls when you're trying to fight fires or mm -hmm. when you're trying to deflood the rooms. Yeah, like a water pump will add three to your, you know, like, uh, get rid of a flood card or something. Yeah. Gotcha. It was pretty interesting. Some guy came up to us, like, hey, want to play Rain of Ember? I was like, sure, why not? <laughs> Try it out. Yeah, it's, uh, it's so weird because it's like uh, it's one of the games where, like a lot of co-ops, there's 15 different ways to lose, but there's only one way to win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, what's, what's the way to win then? Is it just to get to the certain spot? Yeah, you have to survive. Like It's like the last hour of the submarine at sea. Okay. So you have to make it, all players have to get to the 60-minute mark. Nice. The, this game does have one little twist, though, because as opposed to either you all win or you all lose, if the submarine blows up, while somebody is outside, like using the aqua lung to go fight the kraken or whatever, they they're actually the winner. <laughs> nice. So everything started going south, and I'm like, "So long, suckers!" And I took my aqua lung and I left. <laughs> but they all of a sudden started turning everything around in the last few minutes, and I'm like, "So I'm like, all right, I'm going back on the boat." It's like, "Woo! Oh, I took care of all those krakens. There was like six of them." And they're like, <laughs> nice. "No, there wasn't." I'm like, "No, I'm pretty sure there was." <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so I mean, it was a supreme dick move, but it was great and. And the best thing is the guy was like, yeah, but your wife is on this sub. You know, don't you want to save her? And I just looked at him. And I'm like, I'll visit your grave every day. 
<laughs> That's funny. I, you know, it's called Red November. I know they probably got it over Red October, but I, I just want to play it and just have a Sean Connery voice every time. That's, yes. that's all. Oh, damn it! I wish I did that. <laughs> oh. Play it. You'll know what to do. And just like quote random things from any movie he's ever been in. Yes, exactly, exactly. As soon as somebody takes care of the Kraken, you're the man now, dog. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Room floods, rain or shine, all is mine. You know, it's like just, oh yeah. my god. Yep. Oh, I wish you were there. That would be so good. <laughs> just annoy the shit out of people you don't know. If somebody comes to your table and goes like, hey, do you guys want to try this? And they actually pack up and leave halfway through. You succeeded at being the jerk of the yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I talk a big game, but there's no way in hell I would ever do that. I will pay you five US dollars if, if you do that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, with that, I think we should talk about a couple of story games. Sweet. One thing first. Do you have a weird game for us by chance, Kurt? Oh, we're going to start with that, huh? Okay. I have three weird games, actually. Hat trick. Yeah. So, this is going to be fun. Let's see. It's so funny. Like, all you have to do is go online and put weird board games or weird games, and you'll always find not the same thing every time. It's amazing. I love it so much. So, what I found was a couple of games that are... Uh, completely terrible and p- completely completely awesome at the same time. One that I found was a kids game called Who Tooted. <laughs> okay, this game is a gas, or this game's a gas is basically what they say. And I went on Board Game Geek just because I wanted to get more information on it because it's a Target game, you know, or a game that you find at Target. Somebody five rating seven point four. I mean, <laughs> what? Right, so everybody loves this because they're two well, years old. The artist. The designer, yeah. the publisher. Yeah, exactly. The guy that runs the Target that sold it first, <laughs> and the thing that bought down that 10.0 rating, the first person that played it. Yeah. So basically, you've got this guy that can make tooting noises here, if you guys want to see. That's that's how it looks. you got the little guy with this tooting thing. you got your character pawns that are tr- uh, trying to get away from this guy shitting on your face. <laughs> And uh, that's a, that's the German version. Yeah, exactly. And what it is is every player has a little uh, compressor thing to make him fart. Okay, but only one person has one that is actually the one that's making him toot. So you have to figure out who's the guy that's doing, who's the guy or girl that's doing it. I don't know how you do it, <laughs> but that's what you do. Weirdest you know, like somebody weird. actually paid money to get this developed. I just, I just, I, I can't. I the, can't. The that. weirdest werewolf variants ever. Yep. Players <laughs> bet on who's controlling the machine, and the winner advances along a scoring track. So it must be one of those things where it mu- it must like switch after people figure it out or something. But it's it's just so awful, and I'm like, well, I gotta tell everybody about this. <laughs> so, and I'm sure it's like super cheap. Um, let's see. The next one that I found was. Let's go, let's go. Wait, actually, it's on here. It's called Weird US, The Game. This has a rating on Board Game Geek of a four, so it's amazing. (laughs) So um, apparently this was based off of a comic or something, or what is it based off of? Stories from Weird US by Mark Morin and Mark Schurman. 
Sure. Um, <laughs> says, have you ever wondered where the weirdos gather? Welcome to Weird US, where colorful characters like Melonhead, Skunk Ape, La Lorana, Bunny Man, Frog Boy, and the Killer Clown journey to not-so-far-off places like Midgetville, Crybaby Bridge, Danvers State Hospital, and the land of 2093 milk jugs. I mean, seriously, <laughs> just just the name of this game, I, I was like, okay. I saw be- a website one time called The Land of 93 Milk Jugs, but I think that was a different thing. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> yep, that's the first thing I thought of, too. I <laughs> Do I really want to go into this? I, I clicked on the link very gingerly and shied my eyes away. But yeah, most of the people that reckon, that uh, rated it called it shit. Um, one guy actually liked the comp- one guy liked the components, but the gameplay was still awful. So that's weird USA because I mean, come on, it's got to go with that. Um, and then what's the last one that I found? You haven't had enough fun at your at your frat party? Try Beeropoly. It's basically a wooden board with little spots. The player pieces are um, beer bottle caps. You roll a six-sided dice and basically get drunk, make games, make guys drink, girls drink. Hopefully there's no roofies involved here. Nope, I don't see a place on there for that. Thank God. So, yeah, this, this is just, I mean, I'm like, this is called... Uh, asshole or you know like king's cup or whatever you know it's like there's all kinds of games like that out here i don't know why you have to big buy a big wooden board to do that or you could just drink and be an asshole you know i don't know <laughs> so yeah those are all three of my weird games that i brought to the table for this month that is awesome. <laughs> jesus christ those are some winners i do like that <laughs> A lot of the people just rated it as shit. I just oh, want, yeah. I well, want that not, to be one not, of the Not quite in that in those words, but they're all like, this is awful, you know? I was going to say, so in other words, their reviews weren't as well-defined and as articulate as it's yeah. shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, may, they may have put two or three more words in there. <laughs> it's really, really shit. Yeah, exactly. Goddamn. Those are fantastic. <laughs> So, uh, granted, the stories on these games probably won't be as good as the stories that you get when you play Beeropoly. <laughs> All the same, we found a couple of games that, you know, like, every every game you got, like, a little story afterwards and stuff like that. But these are games where the story is either an integral part or what really makes the game happen. Mm-hmm. So, I figure uh, we'll each, like, spout off a couple of titles because uh, we each made our list independently. But our number one answers all lined up the same. Mm-hmm. And, uh... We'll give you a hint. We talked about it in a previous episode. (laughs) All right, so, uh, Kim, you want to kick this one off? Okay, I guess I have to. (laughs) All right, I will need your help, though, Dan, with this one. All right, so the first one, we we found it at, what is that brain store called in the mall? Oh, goddamn. No, not Phone Brain Games. Uh, Or is that it? Phone Brain it's something that's like a Brainiac store that's in every mall now, where it's like, you know, toys to help your kid develop and oh, like yeah. make your own Yeah, we have one in our mall. Marbles! There we go. Marbles. 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 That, that's not what ours is called. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's called Marbles. Um, yeah, so there's a game called Storymatic we got there. And it's basically a game where you draw cards in order to tell a story. Mm-hmm. But the story has to, it has to pertain to a particular character that you first draw out. 
Like, the character has a certain uh, way of him, and there's a goal that needs to happen. Like, he needs to get to this point in the story. So everyone, like, draws cards, and you play cards to try and, like, get that protagonist to that goal. Yeah, and what's interesting is, so there's two different types of cards. There's characteristics, and your lead protagonist gets two of them. And then there's, like, these little events, like, things that are going on. And the whole concept is, the only rules are, like, you're not supposed to kill the main hero. And they're supposed to learn something or change somehow by the end of the story. Nice. But what's cool is you're all telling the story together. And the reason I wanted to make sure that this got on the list, and uh, thank thankfully Kim had it on hers... If you like role-playing games, these are actually interesting, quick adventure generators as well as like a story thing. Because take, for example, all right, so I just pulled out one event and two character aspects, right? So one is space alien disguised as a person. Nice. And also they're a tattletale, right? <laughs> so like, uh, or actually like here's another one, Daydreamer. So let's say you play like any modern RPG, Fate, something like that. You know, it's like, you want to give the like the characters an interesting NPC. You pull these out, it's like, oh shit, Space Alien disguises this person. Alright, this is kind of cool. And then you get Daydreamer. It could be somebody that's like, that helps out the group, but he's kind of like a little spacey. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like... Ah, uh, so- spacey, I get it. He's uh, a I know, God. <laughs> God damn it. Thank I think you. Kurt, Kurt I'll be here all night. Kurt just stole my identity. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, and now an event card, the neighbors are not that neighborly. Nice. Right? So it could be like one of those things where it's like, you know, you're like, all right, like, you know, like this guy comes to the the group for help. You know, he thinks his neighbors are up to something. And because you got that tattletale thing, it's like, yeah, you know, uh, I used to say hi to these guys all the time. And they would say, you know, every morning they would be like, oh, good morning, Frank. But lately, you know, they don't really seem to remember my name. I think, I think something happened to them. And it's like, and maybe he thinks something happened to them because he's an alien and he knows he doesn't belong here. (laughs) It's like, he just came to this planet now, like, you know, the group is, like, in this, like, weird little, like, conundrum. So, this thing is really cool for that alone. And, uh, I mean, as you can see, decent-sized box of cards. Nice. And I think the price, like, the price point was only, like, 25 bucks. Nice. So, it's a very fun family storytelling thing. You can do it, like I said, for RPG characters. It was pretty awesome. Nice. More than pleased with this one. Very cool. Um... And another one that I got was mine. Are really simple, by the way. Really simple. Another Surprise. yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, another one is uh, story cubes. I'm sure you've seen them in stores. Six sided dice. They have you know the images printed on them. I I gotta know. What, I don't know what you're. I don't know who you're talking you. about. Oh okay. <laughs> You no, know, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You've only you only talked to them. I think the last three times we've talked, so yeah. I know yeah. what they are. But we've it's funny because it, it, now that you've talked about it, we, they have them at Target, and we've been wanting to get them, and then we never do. <laughs> it's like we gotta get some of those because they don't have the good ones like the ones that you guys talk about. But I still want to get one of them just to see what they're like because they well, seem like a lot of fun. Because we got the we also had to get the Batman one because I love Batman. They have a Batman one? Okay. Yes. One. So, yeah. so, you know, it's it's very simple. There's actually, there's a couple ways to play. I don't remember exactly the rules, but, you know, it's it's dice. It's a dice game. So <laughs> what, what we do is we roll the dice, right? And there's actually two ways we play. We roll the dice, or we put it in the middle, and then everyone picks a dice and, like, starts their story with it. 
And you know, they, and they actually have ones that have like verbs, other ones that are like, like uh, items, like a dog or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then there's another way we play where we each pick a certain amount of dice each. And then from our dice, like, you know, we like say like, you know, a sentence or two. Mm-hmm. And then other people like add to their, uh, to ours. And like, we just keep going into a straight line. It is, it is pretty cool, but I gotta admit, there's this other game that's almost the same. The only difference is they use polyhedral dice. Oh, nice. It's called Storytime Dice. And we so got... close to that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, because it's like, it's the same thing. You roll and like, you know, you tell the story. We picked one up. <laughs> it glows in the dark. The Halloween um, one. Yeah, the Halloween one. It glows in the dark, you know, because I guess, you know, if you want to sp- spook up your party... Mm-hmm. Just turn off all your lights and then just tell like a scary story. Um, it's it's kid themed, but I can see it where like it, if adults play it, you know they can actually like make it their own mm-hmm. because oh, yeah. they actually do have like uh, like a one on the villain dice. Uh, they have like a vampire, werewolf, like a clown, obviously because all clowns are evil, mm-hmm. not only <laughs> on Halloween, but. So, like, the polyhedral dice, and you roll it, and then you can tell the story from that. I think, uh, besides the Batman story cubes, I kind of like the story time story cubes better. Mm-hmm. Only because I feel like they give you more options with the polyhedral dice. Gotcha. But that's just me. But, yeah, like, those two, I think. Like, even if we, even if we combine them, I think it would make it for an interesting thing, because... With the polyhedral dice, we can, like, set up, like, an event. Yeah. Like, you know, time, place, or whatever. And then you can use the story cubes to basically add to it. Like, you know, have your character do whatever you need to do in that. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the story time dice, the best part about it is, is like, if you're doing the story time, like, storytelling with kids, is you're getting them used to the polyhedral dice meet adventure and interesting yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Daddy, how come these have numbers on them? Oh, you'll see. Especially, <laughs> especially when you make your spellcraft roll. <laughs> so. so awesome. Yep. Those are my games. Um, <laughs> Simple. All right, so one of the ones that I got up is I Dark Overlord. It's never one heard of, the, of that one. Yeah, it's actually... it's um, So Fantasy Flight only has two modes on their games where it's... Here's this big box game, and it's going to be featured in everything that we can ever see, and it's going to blow you away because here's a shit ton of components and all this other stuff or whatever. Or they also have a line of games that are these small, like it's roughly the size of like you know, like 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 I guess if you had like cargo pants or whatever, you can throw them in your pocket. But yeah, just like like the size of like a VCR tape, which mm-hmm. I'm willing to bet that half the people that just heard that sentence doesn't even know what that means. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You could say compact disc, and no one would know what you're talking about. It's the size of a, an 8-track. <laughs> yeah. Because back in my day. But yeah, what's cool is, so they have a lot of these games that like, come in those boxes, and I Dark Overlord is one of those. The concept is, one player is the Overlord, and all the other players are the goblin who botched the mission. Nice. So there's element cards about things that happens and stuff like that, and the goblins have to tell the story as to why they fumbled this time. <laughs> right nice so you're all basically pinning each other you're blaming one another and like the gaming element is there's these like glaring cards like the overlord is glaring at you so at any point where you're like you know it's like enough you can give somebody one of these like stare down cards 
Nice. Right? And it's just like a faraway shot of the Overlord. Then the second time that same person botches, they flip the card and it's like a close-up look of the Overlord. And then the third time you basically reduce them to dust. Like you destroy <laughs> them for their failure as an example to the others and stuff like that. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's it's actually pretty fun. It's it's scary to play with gamer gamers because they will try to cheat the system and go, why did you pick me? <laughs> mm-hmm. But again, for like your RPG friends, for something a little different and like for story concepts, it's actually a pretty fun thing. It's, it's fun to have a game where the goal is to just not be the worst. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> so Yeah. That sounds like a game that like you could you could totally play like like we're play, like we're on Skype. We could probably just play that game because it's you know, it sounds very easy to just be like, okay, well, here's your card. You know, you do what you will, and let's you know, let's go. You know. Yeah, actually, that that's a great idea. We should definitely try to do that. <laughs> yes, I'm a genius. Who knows? Pat myself uh, on the back. <laughs> during extra life, maybe we'll. Uh, yeah, there you we'll go. We'll play with a few people if anyone else wants to jump in with us. There you go. So before, instead of just prattling off my list, let, let's hear one of yours. <laughs> I picked a couple of ones that kind of seem kind of obvious, but uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to think of right now. You're- Sorry. I, just, I really had a moment there. <laughs> and we're back. Okay. Um, one of the ones that I picked is fairly recent. Um, it's got more bang for your buck and even though basically I can't really talk about it, I'm going to talk about it anyway. And that's a uh, pandemic legacy season one. So basically it's the pandemic system, except for there's more to it. There's more, uh, panic. There's more pluses and minuses for your characters, but you also get these cards during each of the months that you play that tell a different part of the story. And even though technically you wouldn't have to read it that much and kind of go into it, it's kind of nice to see the certain things that are on the cards and be like, oh, shit, this is happening. Well, looks like we're screwed, you know, and, and you know, play it out. And as much as Pandemic is one of those games, like, every time I play it, I love it. But at the same at the same time, I, like, roll my eyes and go, well... Here goes here goes sucking ass again, you know, because you just you know it's gonna be bad, you know. One of the months we actually did win, and I was like, oh my god, you know, I was like running around high fiving nobody, you know, like <laughs> this is amazing. But I don't know it. It's got a cool con concept to it where I wish that it wasn't just a one go around thing. I wish it had multiple plays. And I know you can find on BGG how to kind of, you know, find a way to replay it again if you'd like. But I, I wish there was something where it had more of a re- replayability to it. Did you make it all the way to the end or you're uh... No, we haven't yet. No. Okay. How far no. are you? I think we're only I think we're only in March. We're very we're like we're not very far. Okay. Because we're actually trying me and Tracy are trying to make a point where we're like, okay, we've got all these games that are sitting that we have not played. So we're trying to slowly bring out a game and go, okay, we're going to play this before we, you know, buy the eight other games that we, you know, we have or anything like that, you know. Or yeah. that we want again. So we actually just started up. Like we we haven't even done the first month. We're playing the game uh, without any of the you know like progression, just because mm-hmm. Kim never really played Pandemic before. So we figured like knock out like three or four games just to get really familiar with the mechanic. Good idea. Yeah, um, we yeah. won our first game. My first game nice. I ever played. Yeah, with one yeah. card left. 
Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. I think that's what we did when we won February. I mean, it was like literally like down to the. No. Nope. Never mind. That was another play that we played. This one we actually kicked ass, which was like, (laughs) oh my God, you can actually do this? It's amazing. You know, because we've done that before where you're like, you play and you're like, we're doing it. And then all of a sudden it's like, no. You know, (laughs) like, okay, we suck. This time around on turn seven, you're like, and that takes care of yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. I mean, just I can't talk about it, but the game throws some curveballs, and you're like, "How am I gonna do this?" You know, and but you you know you find a way, and that and that's one of the, I think one of the things that's amazing about this game is that it forces you to think of the different ways to win instead of just going, "Okay, here it is." You know, there's a couple of different ways to do it. You know, on this, they kind of throw some little tinkery things where it's like, okay, it gives you more options to kind of have more leeway to do certain things instead of just the vanilla way of doing it. Can I uh, can I throw out a quick million dollar idea, by the way? Mm-hmm. How great would a Doctor Who legacy board game be? Where well, like, if I actually watched Doctor Who, I would say that's a great idea. Well, let's this. You know what Doctor Who is without having ever seen it? That's yes. how popular it is. Nice, yeah. Like, you know, it can be like one of these things where it's like, you know, if you die, you regenerate. And if you die mm-hmm. like five times throughout the game, that's it. You're out of regenerations. You yeah. Can, you know. I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how uh, the pandemic Cthulhu would be, you know, because I'm sure it's got that same kind of element where it's, you know, a little different, you know. I mean, with pandemic, I mean, really, you could do a lot of different things that way. You know, it's almost like you could rebrand it kind of like your monopolies even though it would be good so i mean it, it just there's a lot of possibilities so it would be kind of cool i mean you could probably even do that yourself you know i want pandemic adventure time where the zombie candies are coming Aww, out. <laughs> nice nice <laughs> all right yeah that'd be awesome so uh so another quick one i got on my list is the game you mentioned earlier in the episode cv nice. uh it's this game is actually it's been talked about nowhere which is weird. I know. I know. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm going to interrupt you for two seconds. And the reason why I think that nobody talks about it is because the art is different. It's just, it just, just by the box itself and the fact that it's called CV and it stands for a uh, uh, Latin thing that I can't pronounce right now. Curriculum vitae, I believe. Yeah. It, it, I think that just turns people off. And if I wouldn't have been suggested it by Taco from 10. Uh, SO1K <laughs> SO1KS gaming then I wouldn't have played it. So uh, yeah, okay, go ahead. <laughs> also quick the the artwork it almost reminds me a little bit of Monty, Poth- Monty Python's Flying Circus. Mm-hmm. Same here. Yep. Yeah. Cuz it's so it's so it. abstract and the the way the people are Oh, it yeah. reminds me of that. And just to let you know artists who made CV, not every woman has humongous boobs. Okay. You may you may continue. They do in my house. <laughs> in my house so, too. <laughs> Hi-o. So the game actually is representative of life. Hmm. All right, so CV is it's like it's a pretty cool thing. The the mechanic is really simple. It's like a Yahtzee mechanic with like these different facings of dice. The whole concept is you're like you're filling out these things like um, hobbies and health and your career path and all these other things. You go through three stages of life. And what's cool is you know, the game is, like, pretty simple to play. Scoring is actually pretty interesting because having a bigger collection of something, like being super healthy or, you know, super wealthy or whatever, like, these things will score you more points. But 
that's not that all life is about because again you know it's another hidden objective card where you might get a card that's about being well balanced where for every set of cards you get bonus points so it's not like a one way to play style game which is always cool but the thing is after the game is done and said if you look at what you got in front of you you actually got like a little interesting story of somebody's life like my guy i had a really simple job and then i retired early now the retired early card is you can never take another career card again no matter what but like it made my guy happier and like have like more uh more time for friends and family and i was like that's awesome mm -hmm. and it's like i started going getting into health and it's like in the beginning like he was jogging and then he became like a marathon runner and he did bicycle like you know like mountain biking and all this stuff like that and i was like you know like, i kind of like this like this guy you know like he's like you know what i don't need material things like because i never had a lot of the money cards you know, he's like, I don't need material things. Like, I just, you know, I want to live a long time and I want to see the world. And I actually, like, had some cards about travel and, like, some cards that, like, he just, like, was kind of lucky. Mm. You know? And I was like, man, I, I kind of like this guy's life. You know? I was like, this is, like, a cool little story here. And then we started, after that, we started incorporating where every time we played, we kind of told the, the story of our people at the end. And it was really, like, you know, it's not part of the game, but it got really fun with that. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and I mean, like, as you know, like the game, like the play is actually pretty easy, but it has a nice amount of replay for a Yahtzee mechanic in a game, mm -hmm. you know, and you can find this one at Barnes and Nobles. You, I don't think you can find it at Target yet, but you know, if you see this thing around, like give it a serious look because we almost passed it up. We heard a little thing about it too. Um, a friend of ours on Twitter basically noted like she got CV and civilization which is like the, you know, the more like global concept of CV. Like it's mm -hmm. a similar style and everything. But I was like, how is it? And she's like, I really recommend it. So I'm like, all right, we'll give it a shot. And we were more than happy with it. Yeah, I, I like the theme of it. Um, like the thing that you did with like the being happy and stuff like that. I went the opposite way. <laughs> I, did, I did the guy that was like, you know, like the big boss man that like I always needed people around like, you need, you know, you need to work for me. You know, we need to get this going, you know. And he had a lot of money, but he had no health. You know, and, <laughs> and, you know, and, and with the, you know, the sad dice or whatever, and you lose cards and stuff like that, that, that was a, that's a hard thing, you know, and if you're rolling bad, you get these unfortunate accidents and it ruins your life. And <laughs> I, yeah, just it, like you said, it just sneakily throws in the story that doesn't necessarily have to be part of the game. But once you kind of experience it and notice it, it makes that that game that much more better. Agreed. So what's uh, what's another one of your titles there, Kurt? Uh, another one, which we'll be talking about shortly, is uh, Dead of Winter, actually. It's, I think, one of the ones that kind of captured people the most when it came to story. Because, you know, a lot of times... Oh, when this before this game came out, everyone's like, "Okay, zombies. We're sick of it. We've heard it enough. We've we got our Walking Dead. We don't need anything else." But what Plathead Games did with this game was make it so vibrant and so desolate and so vivid. And did I say that already? I don't know. It's getting late. But <laughs> you know, it was just there was just so many things that they put into this game that just sucked everybody into it you know and it became so big and which is funny because a lot of people still love that game but there wasn't as much hype into it 
as I thought there was going to coming into the expansion of it. But I'm sure with with the play of the expansion, I'm sure people are just loving it more and more, you know, as they play it again. And I have I have not played it for a very long time, but every time I've played it, I've loved it. Yeah, I, like I remember when that thing first came out, man. Trying to acquire it was impossible. Like mm-hmm. everywhere was blown out every time. Every two months when they got a new shipment in, gone like in day one. Mm-hmm. Like people would be posting cool stuff has it in, and by the time their post went up, it would be sold out. It was like holy crap. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was one of those games where, like, on eBay, they would have it for like eighty dollars, and you're like, "I'm sorry, I'll wait for it to be <laughs> reprinted again." You know? Yeah, it's like, I, like I remember, I think I sold one, like someone sold one for like a hundred bucks. Yeah, that's you know? it's like, yeah, I mean, uh, board games, man, like that struggle is real. Like when people <laughs> want that new game, <laughs> yeah, they will literally give life and limb. Yeah. All right, so um, so my last one, I'll make it really quick. Uh, it is the game Village. And also by association, My Village from uh, mm-hmm. Stronghold Games. It's this game where it's like, you know, uh, time is actually an element in the game where people will age and die. And they, like, they'll go down in the history books of the village. You know, so it's like, uh, like in the main game village, like it's actually generations. Like first gens are always the first to go, then the second gen, the third. My Village, it's just like the people in your town. But it's kind of like this interesting thing where it's like, you know, as the years go on, it's like, oh man, like, you know, we, like the Smith, like, did you hear? He, he died. <laughs> like, <you> know, it's, <laughs> and it's, uh, it's just this interesting concept where the game, like, you know, you can travel, you can become part of the clergy, you can explore, like there's all these different ways of like earning the points and doing these things. But it's just like the knowledge of like, you know, like we always like kind of like had this like, man, like, you know, I think that guy died doing what he loved, you know, like mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Where there's not tons of story to the game, but it definitely gives you this, like, this sense of, like, you know, like, just contemplation, mm-hmm. you know? And, and sometimes that moment of reflection will help you come up with your own stories, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that was my last, like, little quick mention. And, uh, and an honorable mention is Lords and Ladies, which is basically a game of, like, spreading scandals and, you know, backstabbing royal families and stuff like that. Uh, what we always did when we played the game is, like, if we played the card, like, uh, had an illegitimate baby or, <laughs> you know, like, uh, has was seen, like, you know, being familiar with the help and stuff like that, mm-hmm. we didn't just play the cards. We're like, like, did you hear the latest bone mole on old Marlowe? I heard he was seeing that gardener, <laughs> like, and stuff like that. Like, we, and because you actually name the characters, like, they have dry erase boards with yeah. markers. Nice. And the best is one of them was like, uh, like, like, um, they're not a legitimate child. Like, you know, you send somebody away because they, like, they were born outside of wedlock or whatever. Mm-hmm. And one of our friends, like he has this character out and we play that card to get rid of her. Cause she's like a lot of points. And we're like, it's like, sorry, you know, it's like, it would seem that she's not who we think she is. And he just goes, no, not Lady Marmalade. (laughs) 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 And just for that little, like, you know, fun of acting like your pretentious nobles in like 17th century England is kind of fun. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Again, a, a game that I've never heard about. But it was like the deal of the day one day, and we're like, sure, let's try that. And nice. we actually had some fun with it. Nice. That's awesome. All right. So the super big hit of story time, and this will be the uh, conclusion of this little segment, is? I don't know. 
It's above and below. Okay. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Everybody was just on the edge of their seats. I just know it. We were, actually. I almost fell. Um, you know, we, you, don't, you can just go back to the previous episode. Actually, it's pretty much the only way you ever hear about this game. I don't think any other podcast covered it ever. <laughs> so you should definitely go back to <laughs> MFG Cast for the above and below review. But just the fact that, like, you're telling the story of your village, you know, you're making these decisions. Um, one thing that was an interesting twist is wrote down what somebody did in the game one time. And then in D&D, when they were in a village, I had the people in the village acting, doing everything that he did in the game. And he's like, this place is full of dicks. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, well, you know, I'm like, how bad are they? He's like, they're all assholes. I don't want to help any of them. I'm like, this is everything you did in Above and Below. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And he just sits there for a minute and goes, I'm a fucking monster. <laughs> <laughs> so just for that little part alone, Above and Below is amazing. Yeah. But Ryan Lockhart's definitely most like, you know, uh, storytelling style game. Yeah. And definitely recommended for everyone to give a go to. Yeah, for sure. Definitely go to his stuff. I want to play Islebound. I saw a picture for Islebound the other day. I'm like, oh my God, I want it so bad. Hey, Kurt, guess what we bought two days oh, ago? Oh, you bastard. I'm an asshole. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> we, went, we went to a local game store to pick up something for a friend, and no, I saw it on the shelf. Smash up. I was trying to be like, not like I'm an addict. Okay. <laughs> We're an addict. We bought Smash hey, Up, the hey, base. We have a gaming spaceships. podcast together. Of course, we're fucking, <laughs> we're addicted to board games. <laughs> it sounds bad when it's like, I went to buy games and I saw board games and I'm like, ah, fuck eating. <laughs> yeah, no shit, right? But yeah, we, uh, so we picked it mainly because of cease and desist. We had to buy Smash Up. Yeah. You know, uh, I was like, I can be Transformers. I'm in. Yeah. So why would as and they have like on their you know new this week rack a copy of Islebound sitting right there. Nice. I ran, grabbed it. It was like mine, mine. No one else was in the store. I'm like mine, mine, mine. <laughs> and the guy Alex is like, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> nice. So uh, and we will definitely fill you in on it as soon as we get to play it this weekend, which I can't wait for. Very cool. All right. So you mentioned Dead of Winter. Yeah. Yeah. You ready to kick this pig? Yeah. Let's do it. Game uh, review. God damn it, I love that. I still <laughs> want that as my ringtone. <laughs> Mr. Simmons, we found that the cancer has spread to <laughs> game review. <laughs> Sorry, I have to take this. <laughs> All right. So, Dead of Winter, we'll give a quick preface to this. This game has a lot of moving parts, and for us to cover everything would take an hour. Nice. So, to give you the most simplistic uh, breakdown of how this game works... There's all these different asynchronous characters. Everyone has their own strengths and merits. Some are better at searching. Some have unique powers. Some are better in firefights. You're picking out your people. And the reason that you want to have a nice balanced group is because shit goes south all the time. There's every round of the game, there's this that turn challenge. You might need medicine. You might need junk. You might need food or something. In addition, you constantly need food to feed the colony. There's your overarching goal where you have a certain amount of rounds to do it. So you can't dick around. Like you can't just go, oh, we'll drain the grocery store and then we'll swing by the police station, grab a few guns. There's always a ticking clock in this game. So you got to manage your people. Make sure nobody dies. When people die, you lose morale. We mentioned before the infamous games where you can lose 10 ways but only win by one. <laughs> Dead in Winter it has a crown of bones off of the broken bodies that it has gone through to make this happen. 
you can starve out. You can die by loss of morale. Like there's junk that piles up that can cause morale loss. It's always something working against you. But the good news is the mechanics are pretty fluid. And once you get the hang of it, like it's just a simple thing of like, all right, let's feed our people. Let's check to see if our goal is set. Let's make sure that, you know, this crisis is handled. Okay, all these things are set. Cool. Next round. So the mechanics are, it's a little bit hard hitting in the first time you play. But once you get the hang of it, that is always the same. What changes is the story. It might be that you need to get like some guns, you know, to get to this next little compound you heard safely. You might need fuel and food for uh, to make a, you know, a, a convoy run or something. What's cool is they all have little stories in the book. And I love that. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is it actually has variable difficulty, which is a really nice twist because if you win two or three games in a row... It's kind of easy to get a big head in this game. Like, oh, well, I, I didn't lose anyone. I'm doing okay. Well, the little hooks are everyone has secret objectives. Now, the game does have a trader mechanic, but it's not like Battlestar where you're guaranteed a certain amount of Cylons. It's not Werewolf where there's a definite amount of Werewolves. The way it works is however many players you got. Me, Kim, and Kurt are playing Dead of Winter. We break out six objective cards and one betrayal objective card. So the chances of you having a betrayer are slightly less than 50-50. But those are still pretty bad odds. Like, I would not bet my life on a 45% chance given the option. Mm-hmm. You know? So, but the thing is, everyone's acting independently because if you don't reach your goal, you've lost. You know? It's not like, oh, yay, I'm still alive. Oh, did you get the five medicine? No. Well, then you're a loser. You know? It's like... and. To really make the theme ring out in this game, you have to want to do your objective because otherwise the betrayer blares out when he will not share his lighter and his chicken sandwich for whatever reason. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like every player should be trying to go for those goals. But I mean, this game drips theme as you're doing it, you know, and you're going to have to like fight off zombies, which are dice rolls. You're going to search for things which are part of the dice. You're going to, you know, like try to like arm yourself and get ready and try to give yourself an edge for the upcoming challenges. But no matter how hard you try, you always got that clock just ticking down the last moments for you. So you have to be alert and be ready in this game. What do you think? Good enough? Yeah. Miss anything? Any blaring emissions? I don't think so. Oh, and also you get attacked by a pack of dogs while you play this game. And I mean real dogs. They come swarming in your house. (laughs) You can play as a dog and also equip it with multiple uh, firearms. Multiple firearms. (laughs) Which I think is awesome. Yeah, it's like... um, And and the game is like very interesting with how you have to put your faith in the other players that you inherently feel are trying to scum you. Yeah, definitely. I like the crossword cards, too. Oh, so I did have a blaring omission. Yeah, that's important, too. So to also help keep everyone at the table active and keep cell phones away, crossword cards. While you're going, the previous player has a crossword card where if that thing hits, it could be like if they travel, if they search the police station, if so-and-so is in play, or if they're not in play. These crossroad, area. Yeah. yeah, like these crossroad cards kick in. I had one where I went to a store and out of nowhere, I was about to get killed by all these zombies and this ninja burst in through the window and just takes them all out. And it actually, like, I was like, yeah, you can come to our camp. And it gave me the ninja character as part of my team. And, like, and I was like, this is awesome. Like, I love that they have all those little elements like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's got a lot more meat meat to it than just you know. Oh, you're just you're trying to survive from zombies. You know, there's you know those crossroad those crossroad cards just bring a lot more to the table. Where it's just like, okay, you thought you were going, you know, for you know a certain a certain way, but that could really turn the tide and make you have to go, you know, go a different way and do a do a separate thing. You know, and when you're the betrayer too, also you you have to be careful to not try to tip your hand. You know. You gotta, you know, be like, oh well, I didn't really get a card that I really needed for us, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. But so, you know, it depends upon if you're a good liar or not, which some people are not. <laughs> I play with people that are just like, ah, screw it. I'm you know what I'm doing. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> All right, let's well, you we're gonna come after you, you know. Yeah, and like the betrayer cards kind of overlap a bit. Like my friend had one, like I think he needed two guns and some uh, medicine. But there's also the regular card where you need five medicine, like hemophiliac, I think it is, or something like that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where it's like you need five medicine at the end of the game. Yep. So we just figured he had that, you know? And uh, and then, like, when all of a sudden, like, when we hit zero morale, he's like, yes, yes! And we're like, all right, well, <laughs> guess we know who the betrayer is, you know? Yeah, yeah, no kidding. So have you guys played the expansion yet? Yeah, we actually did get to... Yeah, we, we didn't get to um, fully experience it. Um, mm-hmm. We just play like, the, the base game mm-hmm. with the expansion. Yeah. Um, uh, basically, because, uh, like, the, the, the base game, it's just, like, a new objective, really. But if you add, you can add bandits. They have, like, a bandit location. You can add that. That, um, it... You can get items from that location, mm-hmm. but uh, I think it's something where bandits steal items, and when they steal it, they put it into that location. Okay, oh, okay. it doesn't start with anything. Yeah, so, so they're just taking it and putting it in that spot to make you go somewhere else and yeah, yeah. likely die because <laughs> yeah. you're gonna get bit and die. Um, and then uh, there's actually uh, part of, part of the base expansion, like the. Uh, just like a base gameplay without all the extra stuff is a graveyard where anything that dies goes to the graveyard and sometimes like there'll be certain like scenario cards that'll play off of I guess based on who's in the graveyard like who's dead or not yeah which is pretty cool because you actually but it makes you feel bad Mm-hmm. Because out it shows you how many people have died throughout the course of the game. Nice. And it's like, ah. Oh. Well, especially if that dog is there. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, what a mind fuck that's going to yeah. be. <laughs> um, but the one that I really can't wait to play is um, the one with the hybrid zombies. Nice. Yeah. Where they have, like, that special facility. And what it is is when uh, I was looking up how to play it, the objective card... The objective card is only for, like, I think two or three rounds. You have to complete it. Mm-hmm. But once you complete the objective, it tells you to go to another objective. Yeah. Oh, so geez. you bring in another objective, and depending on where you're on the level track, it tells you, okay, so say, like, if you're... Say you made it, uh, you're on your last level, right? Uh, uh, round. Um, it'll tell you move around marker, you know, to level one or two or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it'll bring that, and then that's the second objective. Uh, says okay, you reach the objective. Now go to this objective. Mm-hmm. And and like as you progress, like um, 
you see that the the area, the the special area, um, has like things like pills and other items. Mm-hmm. And depending on what you find, if you find like a pill or something, you have to take it. <laughs> and that could sometimes give you like bad bonuses, or sometimes mm-hmm. give you good, depending on what you get. But also, uh, zombies can start popping up from there. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can get like a hybrid zombie that does something special, and what you do is you have to like roll a die, die and it puts onto that random location. And um, I can't remember exactly, but I know certain things can't kill that zombie. Nice. So it depends. Mm-hmm. It depends on it. But uh, we really like. I I really want. Can't wait to play that. Because I do like the fact that the pills give you, like, because, like, it's weird. You go to the place, right? You see, oh, look, there's a pill. I'm going to eat it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just yeah. find it. Because that would be the first thing you do in a zombie apocalypse is exactly. eat anything that's around. Yeah. Ooh, maybe it's a dehydrated turkey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, um, maybe it's the cure that I just yeah. ate and nobody else will find yeah. out. So, like, so one of the things is, um, you know, I guess, like, and it was kind of weird because, so when we were at that BGG con, the guy had that game for sale. Not one was sold that, at the whole convention, three days. Wow. And I was like, wow, you know, it's like, it's so weird that the first one blew off the shelves and the second one doesn't seem as hyped. If you're under the assumption, oh, well, it's just more of the same, it's kind of not. Like, they got rid of the one scenario things in favor of, like, this more overarching story. Mm-hmm. Um, a whole bunch of different cards. Like one of the new weapons is like a freaking grenade launcher. <laughs> nice. Oh, and also yeah. you have you have this um this deck of cards where you can actually build stuff to fortify your main uh, HQ. Mm-hmm. Like you can build like an outhouse that'll like it- it'll like increase the amount of waste that you get rid of. Nice. Or like uh, it'll like uh, there's like a watchtower and stuff like it yeah. adds to it, which is really cool. Yeah, like That's the watchtower cool. is like somebody with a firearm at the the main base can shoot a zombie at any location. Very cool. Stuff like that. Yeah, like um, there's only 18 new heroes, I believe. Um, they're all like they have a lot more variety this time around. Like one of the ones is like this DJ, and what he can do is he can like basically like um like move noise tokens or something like that like or you can create noise to like you know get zombies out of, like to basically draw zombies away somebody like starts with a sniper rifle which is pretty beast yeah you know um so like yeah like the the value of the cards is pretty nice the fact that junk can be used to make these upgrades that mm-hmm. conventions is really cool but it's not it's not just like oh it's more dead of winter you know mm-hmm. there's a bit of variety I think in the long run, the, like we'll play just the long night for a while, and then just add it to the main dead of winter. Yeah. One thing that is interesting is crossroad cards. Mm. They included an envelope of like seven or nine cards. That's like these are very adult oriented. Um, you know, use them at your discretion. Nice. And one of the cards. Uh, so this will be the only spoiler I give if somebody's not sure if they wanted that packet or not. It's like King Fuckhead of Shit Mountain. Where it's, if a player complains during another player's turn, you activate this uh, crossroad card. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, like, look at who fucking is president of the goddamn apocalypse. And the whole thing is, the colony is sick of that person's bitching. (laughs) And all the players take a vote whether or not he becomes king fuckhead. If you all say yes, 
he for the remainder of the turn he gets to dictate one action to each player that they must use a die for. Yeah, because usually that that crossroad goes off if there's a person that just constantly tells somebody what to do. Yeah. Nice. And then if everyone votes thumbs down, the player is not allowed to speak until it's their next turn. And if they say one word, they're automatically exiled, exiled and there's no voting that can save them. They're just exiled. Wow. So it's kind of hilarious. That's funny. So um, whoever that whoever it was that came up with that concept has played a lot of games with a lot of assholes. Yeah. yeah. But like the thing the thing about the uh, the adult oriented crossroads, it's not only like just cursing, it's also like kind of like fucked up scenarios. Yeah. Yeah, it's where... kind of like the walking dead almost yeah, exactly. where they're like this well, shit got just got real. If I could do just one more crossroads spoiler, they had one where you see this guy Right? And, um, they're actually, you know, um, what are those tokens that you get when you find followers? Helpless survivors. You get helpless survivors, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. then there are, like, unruly helpless survivors. Yeah, the token looks demonic. It, it, <laughs> well, because, like, they're not, you know, they're not, they're not that great. Like, they yeah. actually do bad shit. Yeah. And, like, so, some of the crossovers, like, if you have an unruly survivor in your HQ, uh, one of them is... Like, you see this guy, you know, you hate him, he's an asshole, but, like, you see this guy, and you see uh, a woman died, and he goes to the course, and he defiles her, right? Well. You, and he give they give you an option. You can either let him, uh, let him, uh, continue, but, uh, you see, like, in the background, there's more zombies, so, like, you can just not say anything and let him get in, or mm -hmm. you just, like, kill him. Yeah. yeah, I think the killing him is like you actually shove his face. You into shove her his mouth. face into yeah, because she's <laughs> she's a zombie. She's still alive, but he's yeah. like, trying yeah. to like you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There. yeah. And it's it's like hardcore like that, wow. you know. So it's yeah. like it's pretty interesting. The, yeah, yeah. The other is um, it's like some more of the crossword cards are basically like outside of game elements. Mm -hmm. Like uh, one of them was like if any player touches their hair or beard during yeah. this, during your turn. Oh, weird. And it's like my friend got like this decision. He's like. Hmm, and he starts stroking oh. his beard, and the guy just goes, "So," and like he's like, "What the hell?" And he's like, "You activated the crossroad," and it's basically like a barber comes wandering through your colony. He's like, "Hey, you know, like I'm, you know, like just because it's the end of the world doesn't mean you have to look like it, you know, like I'll help <laughs> clean you guys up." Yeah. And it's like you yeah. can invite him into your colony or just tell him to f off. Yeah, and um, and and what's great is uh, I'll tell you after the show. The card is so good because in this game, one of the things is like, you know, we mentioned storytelling before, the crossword cards have like good and bad. Mm -hmm. When you're playing this game, especially for the first few times, don't tell people what the rewards are. Mm -hmm. Because like, take for example, like there's one where you find a horse on the road. Like it's a That's crossroad. That, original, yeah. yeah, in the original, like where you can find a horse as you're traveling. And the whole, the thing is like, you can either butcher it for food and then you get like three food tokens or you can keep it as a steed, and now you don't have to roll for exposure when you travel with that person. When you say it like that, Dead in Winter becomes very mathy. Where it's like, we got nine survivors, we got five food, I know I can generate four more food, that'll cover us for two more rounds, and then if we go to the supermarket, I have like a 98% chance of finding food. Uh, okay, I'm going to keep the horse as a ride. If you just tell people, it's like, do you want to keep it, or do you want to butcher it? And don't tell them the exact numbers it makes the game a little more interesting. Because we found sometimes, like, in the new set, they finally started doing the same thing that Above and Below did, where 
just because this sounds better doesn't mean it's better. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, cool, you saved this kid. She likes seeing things burn or something like that, where it's like, you think it's the right thing, but it's kind of not. But that's the curse of doing what you think is right. Sometimes it's not, mm-hmm. but you really hope it is. Yeah. So try to not do that when you're playing this game. Like, you know, try to try to like really just let that theme sing out, especially if you're playing it with Halloween coming up soon enough. Mm-hmm. If you're playing it around like, uh, you know, the end of October, you got to make sure that Dead in Winter hits your table and keep those crossroads as messed up as possible. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Uh, so one of the things is, have you gotten games with the Betrayers? Oh yeah. Like, how did you feel like? Did you like that more or less? Like, how did it line up with like how you? I it was hard. It was hard. Like I I've been the betrayer and not went not one you know and it's it's like, I don't know how you do it. I mean, because you know you basically have to you know, you basically just don't tell people what you have you know you, or you can tell them, well you know, I think the best course of action is anytime you're putting cards in. You don't ever tell people what's going on. You just be like, "Oh, you know, like I said before. Oops, I, I just don't. I don't have what I can, you know, to do this. You know, and you know, it's. I don't know. It. I think it's a cool element, but at the same token, I think it's very hard to pull off. Which kind of makes sense because try, being trying to be a betrayer of a bunch of people in a colony is tough. Yeah. Can I give you one little pro tip? Mm-hmm. So one thing that helps out is. Uh, like, for the cards in your hand, right? Like, say you need some... Because, like, all the betrayal cards is, like, you need the group to have zero morale. Mm-hmm. You know? If you can afford to lose your people, kind of do that thing where it's like, oh, man, does anyone have gas? Because I got to get to the police station. When you know nobody does because you just did that challenge that had gas. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, sure enough, like, you roll for exposure, you get hurt, you get wounded, you get killed. Stuff like that. Search at an area. Like, go to an area to search. And make sure it's the guy whose searching is better than his combat. Mm-hmm. And while you're at, like, you know, the supermarket or something, it's like, all right, oh, shit, no, I don't have any fours. All right, uh, don't worry, we'll be okay. And then, like, let the, you know, the zombies burst in and kill people. Like, that's mm-hmm. how you let the round go down. You, you do that, oh, man, I made a bad play. <laughs> and that'll help you out. Because when you put cards in the objective, everyone knows that somebody's a bastard. Yeah. But if you hide that info and you like just let mistakes happen, like, oh man, I could have swore I closed that door, mm-hmm. you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's like a nice way to make sure that things go south and you don't get pinned. Nice. You know? Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> People feel bad for the bad player. People <laughs> want to destroy the betrayer. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Maybe, maybe that's why no one ever gets mad at me when I play. So I'm just <laughs> dumb and I can't do that kind of stuff. You're like, herp, 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 I'm rolling dice in dead in winter. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want it as a betrayer. We all knew that. We knew you would never win, so we're okay with that. It's like, can I have the gun? I promise I won't shoot myself at <laughs> I'm the Barney Fife of Dead of Winter, apparently. <laughs> if anyone besides us would get that reference. I love the idea of trying to make the show appeal to only people in a 50 and higher demographic. Yeah, exactly. The exactly. road to riches. I know, I know. Come on, kids, use use Google. You know what it's good for. I was gonna say you can you can tell by Kim's blank stare that she has no idea what these references are. <laughs> Goddamn millennials! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. so we're gonna rate this game. Yeah, I believe so. Do you want to kick it off? I have it now. What is the rating system? 
What is the rating system? Is it the cold? <laughs> is it the uh, Cold Stone Brewery? Uh, yes, exactly. Like it. It's the love it. It's the like it. It's the eh. It's okay. Or it's the fuck this game. Oh, I go first. Yes, you go first. Oh, I definitely love it. Nice. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite part of Dead of Winter? Playing with you. Oh, that's no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. <laughs> I have to say, it's honestly uh, the crossroads. Because it, it adds more flavor and, and you get to see how people really are. You know, like, uh, if they, like, choose, like, to do the bad stuff to get good things happen to them. Like, I like the crossroads. And I also like the dog. The dog is cute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. With a little cape. Yeah. I love this game. I, I think we've actually rated this game before, but I I wanted to talk about it because I was it, it kind of has great timing with having the long night with it. Even though I, I haven't played it. I, I want to get it. Probably will get it eventually. And just by what you guys were telling me, I like that aspect of it. You know, I like that it's a standalone too, where you don't have to necessarily mix it in. But another thing that I'm kind of worried about is because the first Dead Winter has so much shit to it, and having to put this other one into it, then it just seems like oh, I had so much time. Well, here's the here because here's the thing with what I noticed uh, with the the long, uh, the expansion. So, like I said, you have, like, the, the mutant zombie cards from, like, that your radioactive factory or whatever. You have the bandits, uh, and you have, like, the uh, the handy cards where you can, like, make stuff. Mm -hmm. You don't have to put all of them into the game. Like, if you want to just play with the bandits, you can just play with the bandits. Mm -hmm. And on the bottom of the, all the cards, it'll show you, like, a bandit symbol. Mm -hmm. Or, like, you know, any other symbols that go with each uh, part of the expansion. So if you don't want to add the bandits, you don't have to. So that's like, you know, kind of a less thing you have to do. So like that's the cool. setup isn't as bad. But like if you uh, obviously like if you add like say like um the factory where it uh, produces the mutant zombies. Mm -hmm. Like that's a little bit of work, but it's not too much. Yeah. So on a quick aside, uh Dead of Winter is actually what gave us the idea to kidnap you in a van. <laughs> Sweet. Because one of the new crossroads is somebody gets kidnapped, and if you don't give them uh, the bandits food, the the highest ranked character in the game just gets removed from the game forever. Like nice. the bandits take them away. <laughs> nice. nice. So, and with that, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it a hat trick because yeah, I'm on the same page. I think this game is phenomenal. Uh, Plaid Hat Games really put. I mean, they always put out really good titles. I've I've yet to be disappointed. Yes, including Bioshock Siege of Columbia. I think that game is pretty good. Um, but yeah, they, they really went all out with this game. Tons of innovation, really good ideas. With the long night, it's good to see that the crossover cards are still work and they're still coming up with ideas. You know, they're not just copy and pasting and it's not just like, like oh, instead of a horse, now it's a, a, a car. Like, you know, they're, they're being innovative. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely recommend it. Um, if you already played Dead of Winter, definitely pick up The Long Night. You're not going to be disappointed with what it adds, and you will get a more mileage out of even the original Dead of Winter if you choose to combine them. Awesome. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> All right. So well, we did it. You did it. <laughs> Gosh. I like I I I will already rate this episode. I love this episode. I think this episode was a fucking ton of fun. It'll be awesome when people get to hear it. I agree. <laughs> now, if you don't mind a quick plug, sure. <laughs> you know you can always get in touch with Kurt at MFGCast on Twitter. <laughs> if you thought this episode was awesome, don't even tweet anything. 
Your silence will let us know how good we are. <laughs> Wait. Oh, my God. That means that they love every single episode we've ever done. Oh, man. It's great. The only reason to reach out to Kim and I at GNU Podcast on Twitter is if you want to tell us any blaring omissions or if we're just fucking idiots. <laughs> Other than that, don't even sweat it. You don't tweet us, we know we're good. We yeah. know you're... F- <laughs> That's how we found out we were number one in Switzerland or whatever the hell I said at the beginning of the show. <laughs> Scandinavia. Yeah, Scandinavia, I think. That's so awesome. that's all it takes. But with Extra Life coming up, definitely check out MFG Cast on Facebook because we'll have our links and everything else there. We're going to be doing it on everything because we want you to give as much money as possible. Yeah, and uh, sure. And we want it to be where we can not only help out sick kids... But flip the table is like, holy shit, these guys are amazing. We got to have them over for dinner or something. <laughs> oh, those guys are great. That would be actually be fun to do because this year, unfortunately, I think I'm going to have to nix the game day at the local game store because I can't seem to find anybody to play. So <laughs> as sad as that sounds. Down here. Come join just, us. Yeah, I know. Believe me, I wish. If I had all the money and... <laughs> If I was Daddy Warbucks, you know, I've got the hairdo for it. Yes. I would love to. I'd love to. Hey, we got a room you can stay in and we'll we'll feed you. If all nice. you have to do is get on the bus and get here. <laughs> nice. I want to do something a little differently this year. If anybody listening, and I know there's a few people that we know that are awesome people, if you would like to donate one of your games for, um, we wanted, I was thinking we could do some auctions to get some money going for Extra Life, I'd like to do that this year. I've got a few games here that were given to us as demo games and stuff like that. Don't worry about it. It's not going to be ruined. It's going to be lightly used, but they're going to be great games. So we want to get a lot of those out. So if you're a game company listening to this, if you're someone that just likes board games and you want to donate something to the cause, um, let us know because we'd like to kind of start doing that. Um, we haven't set up our Extra Life account yet, but I'm going to get on that just so we can get some, even if you want to, you know, pitch in 10 bucks, anything would be great. So that's that for that. So Sounds awesome, man. Yeah. And we've got lots of other stuff coming up. If you, you're listening to this, go back and listen to, we talked to Helena and Josh Capel about uh, Problem Picnic coming out by the great Scott Alms. We actually did a family review of it, which was really fun. And then we'll probably throw some stuff in between so sounds great man can't wait yeah but until then get your mf game on we'll see you later legends of tabletop podcast creating legends one die at a time